Alrighty, folks. Welcome back to Decentralized Radio. We are live here, ready to discuss iPhones, EMFs, 5G, France, and the France. whole lot. So this is going to be always something with France. Yeah. So this kind of started when a few weeks back. It's almost been a month now, I think, when this news came out that Fran France France was. Uh, banning the iPhone 12 um, because of excessive radiation from the cell phone. So Ryan and I just wanted to dive into that and explain what this means, what these standards mean, because they're very confusing. Um, and there's multiple standards. Uh, they're different in the EU and the US. And this is just one measurement. Then there's power density, which is another limit that's set and that's completely different in every country. And then we could talk a little bit about 5G, which is everyone's favorite brain scrambling topic. So that's kind of the agenda, I guess. Ryan, what do you think? Oh, yeah. You ready? Yeah, I'm excited. I'm ready. I'm reading uh, some of this like article that you sent me about the. It got me thinking too, because here we are in the US, we're on what, iPhone 15. Or what is that right? 14, is that? 15? I think so. Something. I don't even know cool? anymore. We're up there. We're definitely like one or two past them. And so it got me thinking like, man, I'm going to subjectively subject myself to probably even more radiation, just upgrading to the new one. Um, but what I really wanted to get into, which we can in a minute, is the way that they test the safety standards for these, because I found it pretty interesting, not necessarily shocking, but but nevertheless, sort of disturbing at the same time. Yeah, and what you said is is interesting because it's not necessarily true that like a newer iPhone will have more radiation because the standards are the same. The standards are actually so much the same that they haven't changed in our entire lifetime. Literally, the FCC guidelines are from 1996, people. That is when your boy was born. And I think Ryan as well. So great year for great year. Um, studs to be born. <laughs> Terrible year to have a birthday for this current standard for communication guidelines for cell phone radiation. Um, but what's weird is the iPhone 12 is three years old and it got mm -hmm. banned three weeks ago. So let's get into that a little bit. Um, basically what happened and I'm just reading a Forbes article here mm -hmm. because of the mainstream news is that in France, the iPhone 12 all of a sudden had registered an excessive SAR rating of 5.74 watts per kilogram, according to the National Frequency Agency of France. Um, so that's important because France almost has like more than one standard. So there's a standard for cell phone radiation, SAR, mm -hmm. which is measured in Europe at five millimeters away from your head. And then in the US, uh, around 20 millimeters away from your head. But then France has this other standard as well that's called a zero distance limb standard. And this is the one that actually failed. So this one is, is higher. This mm -hmm. standard, this limit, is four watts per kilogram uh, and SAR 
is SAR is specific absorption, absorption rate. rate. So yeah. that's like just the amount of power, uh, the amount of energy, or technically the amount of power absorbed with respect to a given area or weight of tissue. So there's two limits. Typically in the U S it's 1.6 Watts per kilogram. And that's measured over one gram of tissue in the mm -hmm. EU. It's two Watts per kilogram measured over a volume containing 10 grams of tissue. So that doesn't mean like theirs is better. Anything theirs just gets averaged out over 10 grams, which can actually often dilute the reading. And in Europe, as a result of something that we'll talk about back in 2017, they now measure the distance a bit closer. So it's at five millimeters instead of around 20, which is where the U.S. limit is measured. So I was trying to figure out which one's more stringent. Right. And I don't even it's kind of complicated because it's at slightly different distances, slightly higher, and then they're being averaged over 10 grams instead of one gram in EU and US. But either way, then France has this zero distance standard, which is measured on the body, yep. which is what actually failed. And that is four watts per kilogram. So it's twice as high um, at zero distance. And the iPhone 12 measured at 5.74 yeah. watts per kilogram, which is significantly higher, um, according to the National Frequency Agency of France, the ANFR. So that's a lot. It's just, that's a lot right there. I mean, just sifting through what all of this means is quite technical. And no wonder why the public is, a, and then, you know, Apple comes out with a statement saying, you know, it's just a software issue and we can get into that. But yeah, this is very technical information. So I wouldn't be, obviously I don't judge anyone for not really digging into this because it's very complex. Yeah. I mean, for me, the most interesting thing was that the distance uh, parameters set up and measuring, like, I think, did you say it was five millimeters away is where they did testing prior or no, in it, currently. US? Yeah. In, in, in the EU, or at least in France. And that's as a result of the phone gate scandal, which we'll get into. Right. Yeah. Cause like, if you think about it too, it's like what, what it really got me thinking over the iPhone ban in general was like, this is like one aspect of potential electromagnetic frequency that we're getting at any given moment. Like 99% of us like are sticking this thing in our pants, in our front pocket, back pocket, in our bra, like we're putting it next to our head. Like, so the majority of the time, it's actually like, I don't even know how many people even set it down across the table away from them anymore. Like it's pretty much glued to us, like almost most of the day, maybe at night, it's like slightly further away on your end table next to your bed. So it's only maybe 24 inches from your head, probably max for most people. But at the same time, it's like, that's not the only thing in our homes that we're surrounded by that's giving us all this stuff. So that's why I found the standards in general to be interesting. And how old they are, were set up like 27 years ago and how much more, you know, EMF in general there is in society even since then, which back then was a lot compared to maybe a decade earlier. So it just exponentially increased. Yeah. I mean, just think of how much time people spend on their phones. Like even five years ago, I would say it wasn't this frequent. I mean, for me, it wasn't. And then 10 years ago when we were in high school still, 
it was even less so, um, I would say. But but maybe back then I was obviously less cognizant of, of carrying it on my person all the time. And distance really is the most important thing because we know the magnitude of the electromagnetic field decreases um, at the level of a square um, as you increase the distance. So that's the inverse square law. And what's really a fun exercise is to just go and read the warning labels that nobody even knows exists on all the products. And I have one here for the iPhone 13. And it's just funny, um, you know, start it. It says iPhone is evaluated in positions that simulate uses against the head with no separation. And when worn or carried against the torso of the body with five millimeter separation to reduce exposure to RF energy, use a hands-free option such as the built-in speakerphone, headphones, or other similar accessories. So they're literally recommending to you to not hold this device, to not carry it on your body, to use speakerphone. Yep. So if you wanted to just forget about listening to me, I'm crazy. <laughs> Listen to Apple, who has your best interest in mind. Don't hold this thing on your body. Just don't do it because you're getting the full brunt of that electromagnetic radiation and nobody really realizes that and it's just insane do they say where they put that warning on it because i found that exact same black box warning well it's not black box warning, but that that warning in in my phone but to get to it i had to do this i i screenshot well i screen video recorded it so that i could remember how to do it but there was like a weird keypad thing you type into your contacts number like when you're dialing a number and then it'll take you to that screen where it says that exact thing of like, oh, if you want to reduce RF radiation, use hands-free options. And they, I just thought that was the funniest thing I'd ever read from an actual company. And it goes to show like there are people in the space. We spoke to uh, Anthony from EF, uh, EMF Safe um, about some of this stuff. And I mean, it's not like the tech companies don't know these things. They probably know very actively and it's just sort of like brushed under and is, is sort of unfortunate, but it's just the way that it's set up. But it's not like an unknown thing, which has been proven like in this article and in this instance in France. Yeah, no, for sure. And and that kind of gets back to why why did the iPhone 12 fail? Why did it have this significantly higher specific absorption rate? All of a sudden, it's been out in the market for three years. And I just re-listened to Dan DeBond from Defender Shield. He did an Instagram live on this, and he's an expert um, on this topic. And he basically said that it's it's probably a manufacturing error, almost certainly, because they understand it's a game. They play this game to where they know they have these limits and standards, and then they have to implement the right control mechanisms, the right software, the right firmware, in order to make sure that they just pass um, the limits. And he said that probably it was a manufacturing error, some mishap or some software that is um, not working properly because obviously it passed, it passed, you know, three years ago. So it's, it's really just a game that these companies are playing and, you know, they're just getting in under the wire all the time. So you can't trust these limits. And then again, where, where are these limits, what are they based off of? And, can get into the whole slew of issues with just specific absorption rate testing, such as the fact that they tested on 
a six foot what six foot two 220 pound man yeah something like bio that. dummy um yeah a specific on i have it written down here it's called a sam mm-hmm. a specific anthropomorphic mannequin so it's not even like a real person and you can just look up the images of, of these. well and i and i'm and thinking too hilarious. like we kind of talked about it um we i'm thinking about like children like i'm thinking about like teenagers i'm thinking about kids like freaking I know eight-year-olds that have iPhones, and it's nearly as myelinated as me or you, um, and they definitely don't have as much protection, um, and they're growing up with these things. So it's like really, it's we're sort of like that test generation of like the the effects of like all this stuff. So it's going to be interesting over the next like several decades. Kind of no, that that's that's to me the biggest issue. That's where I get the most. Um, that's where I get the most amount of animosity towards all these things and research shows that i mean it's just common sense because it's a geometry perspective right there's this area of a child's head is far smaller so that means the penetration is going to be way deeper the depth of radiation absorption is going to be way deeper so they have smaller bodies they have thinner skulls they have developing brains they have higher water content as well. Um, and then research has shown that the absorption can be up to two times greater into the skull or into the head and into the bone marrow can be like 10 X. So, yeah. And that's why folks like uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. are talking about this because he partnered um, with the children's health fund or something. I forget the name of it, but they sued the FCC because of these ridiculous guidelines and they ended up winning um which i don't know nothing has happened because they won fcc is still has the same guidelines from 1996 but it was in the name of children it was in the name of the next generation so if you think emfs are a bunch of hoopla and woo woo or whatever whatever i don't care don't be selfish for you be thinking about this stuff for the next generation if you have children especially and you Mm -hmm. want to provide for them and raise them in a healthy environment because it's just a giant experiment and and you and i are lucky i mean we didn't really get into the cell phone age until at least we're like in high school yeah so imagine if we had cell phones all the time technology all the time when we were like four five six seven eight years old I mean, that's just well, so was, much earlier. And it was so different too, because like all the tech I had was like, had to be directly plugged into something. Like I remember having like direct plug-in internet and stuff like that, like with before yeah, yeah, yeah. Wi-Fi. And now it's just like, we have so many things. I mean, I have, I, we talked about it the other day, but my, I have a niece with a freaking iPad, just like drags this thing around is like glued to this thing 24 seven goes to bed with it. Like it's insane. Um, and so it's just to me like that part's just common sense even if you can't get into like the technicalities of like the the emf stuff but like just to like it just doesn't make sense to give a kid a digital babysitter it just can't lead to anything good yeah um so but we have someone request the mic on twitter oh, yeah. spaces should we we can let do in it. A, a question here let's see how this works kyle can you hear us yes you have a question
Okay, that's a fantastic question. So I'm going to repeat that since we're on multiple platforms here. So Kyle basically asked, this is non-ionizing radiation. So what actually are the health effects? And and that's a fantastic question um, that we could probably talk about for hours on hours on hours. Oh, yeah. But that's kind of the basic terminology that everyone uses to dismiss that EMFs are not harmful from our technology mm-hmm. because they're non-ionizing. But we know from the whole entire slew of research that exists that non-ionizing uh, radiation can affect. And I just have Dr. Henry Lai from the University of Washington is my go-to response for this because he basically looked at over 2,500 studies and he categorized them into radio frequency radiation and then extremely low frequency radiation, which mm-hmm. is power frequency coming from like the electro or sorry, the electrical grid. And what he found, I'll just read right off of it, 89% of uh, 300 different radio frequency studies showed oxidative effects or free radical damage uh, that's been done since 1997. So reporting significant effects, including 96% of studies that had a specific absorption rate or SAR less than point four watts per kilogram so less than the standard limit um and and then he has you know 75 percent of 400 plus neurological studies showed significant effects 82 percent of 300 plus uh studies on reproduction and development Mm -hmm. showed significant effects so it's across the board um there's no you know people always ask oh well what what is the effects the effects is it's messing with our innate biological electromagnetic uh, frequencies and and Mm -hmm. our ability to communicate on a cellular level Um, and it's resulting really in mitochondrial dysfunction and that can show its face in any way and that's why you see the most mitochondrial rich areas of our body are usually the most affected so our brain our heart um, reproductive organs so that's where you see a lot of these issues um, but it, it could be, you know, different for everybody. But at the end of the day, you're, you're messing with biological functions. And, and we've had podcasts with, say, Carrie B. Wellness, uh, Rob, yeah. Grounded Athlete, about exactly how these things are working. And, you know, a lot of it's coming down to, like, the quantum coherence of water and just disrupting mitochondrial function. So I would say it's really undebatable that these have effects. And some other crazy uh, statistic from Henry Lai that he reported um, when studies were funded by industry, 70% of the time they showed no effects. However, when they weren't like 70% of the time, at least they did show biological effects. So the, the water has been muddied with research in terms of EMFs because of industry funded studies. Um, It's been a bit challenging to do, you know, human studies uh, until recently, just because of the nature of uh, electromagnetism and uh, a lot of it has been done on rodent studies or rodents and a lot of it came from russia which was like discounted because there's a whole attention with russia and the u.s during the cold war in terms of russia was like you guys are stupid as shit for not thinking that emfs <laughs> are harmful so then they zapped our embassy in moscow for 30 years um yeah. if you want to look up the moscow signal that's a good one but um yeah, it's just I like there's the so Robert much Becker story. Yeah, I know we've yeah. talked about before, but that's like one of my favorite ones. 
Yeah, and you could yeah look up Project uh, Sanguine or Seafair ELF when they tried to build that giant antenna <laughs> in Wisconsin, Michigan, and, and Robert O'Becker and Andrew Marino testified um, that they did find harmful effects from this is low-frequency EMFs, and the Navy hid that from the public for a few years. So, yeah, there you know you have to wear your open-minded hat here that it's not in the best interest of a lot of parties for people to be, you know, really aware that these things are causing issues. And Henry Lai from Washington, he kind of got, he didn't really have an agenda to go, you know, prove someone wrong like Marino and Becker did after a while. He just was doing research and, and he kind of got, you know, pushed out by, by people because he uncovered a lot of these dirty secrets of, emfs and pretty much put out indisputable evidence that they are harmful and that industry is you know muddying the waters so that's the I name mean, of the it, game it kind of like these ideas go against basically how our entire economy runs so um it's a little it's a little not advantageous for but you know it's it's empowerment f- through education right like we're not saying yeah. go live in the woods that's not Unless real. I mean, I want to, to be honest, but that's not really <laughs> conducive to our modern lifestyle. But if there's simple things that, that you can do that, if you understand, will have a major impact. So the one thing we're talking about is just distance, like mm-hmm. stop carrying your cell phone on your body. You know, use speakerphone, uh, use wired headphones, because when you're using Bluetooth, while Air- AirPods, finance bros, listen up. Yeah, it's not the power. The power is actually very low. It's, you know, low power Bluetooth, but the proximity is your there's zero distance, zero distance to your skull. And then they're communicating through your head. So 2.4 gigahertz through your head. I don't care how low the power is. Again, Henry Lai, 96 percent of 92 studies showed significant effects with an SAR less than half of the standard limits that the FCC guidelines are set at. So are you, are you going to believe the guidelines from 1996 that might be older than some people listening, or are you going to just take precaution, do things that are reasonable, and then hopefully over the long period, they will help your health and your family's health. I think that's mm-hmm. a more reasonable way to think about it. No, totally. I think, I think the other thing too that I was just thinking of is if even if things are within standards, does does that mean that duration of exposure still matters? Because in my mind, it still does. Because even if it's within standards, but we're like using this thing like twenty four seven, and it's like touching our skin directly for like majority of the day, every day of the year, that still is like a net negative just from a duration perspective. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, the things you want to be most cognizant of are distance, um, duration and and power intensity, Mm -hmm. because the higher the power intensity, which probably be a result of, of the distance or just the magnitude of the source, then the less time that's going to be needed to have a detrimental health effect. And the duration is key. It, it really is chronic exposure is everything. And there's some studies out there that show basically, you know, under 24 hours, 
it was, you know, maybe a third of, of the research paper. It's a, a giant review of studies and it's like under 24 hours or under 48 hours, what they call like subchronic exposure, you know, maybe 30, 50% of the studies show biological effects. And then once you get past 48, it was like 97% of studies showed significant effects. And, and that's what you need to look into when you're reading research or, or just in general. So another thing you could do really easily, just turn off your phone at night, turn yep. off your Wi-Fi, and then you're lowering that RF burden dramatically because you're giving yourself the ability to restore when you sleep and you're eliminating that. So it's, it's going to zero for eight hours and your body's better able to deal with that the next day. Should we get into some of this phone gate stuff? Yes. You can lead that if you want. Um, no, I'll let you do it. I'll let you do it. <laughs> okay, I, I got little things I want to say in between. All right. So phone gate back to France. Viva la France, because <laughs> I love French people and I hate them at the same time because they're <laughs> arrogant, but they're arrogant. So it's like, uh, you know, it's good and bad. And this militant physician, Dr. Mark Arazi, had enough of this nonsense coming from the France um, department. That's uh, the National Frequency Agency that's that's doing this testing. Because what happened was in 2015, it came out that the SAR, the specific absorption rate of a bunch of phones exceeded the limit on contact. 89% of the phones measured in 2015, um, 95 mobile phones on sale out of them, 89% exceeded the SAR value limit of two watts per kilogram. Um, and 25% had a greater than double value. So Mark was pissed and he sued them and said, you need to release the list of these phones to the public because this is just ridiculous that 90% of the phones you guys are testing aren't even passing the limits. And... I don't think he really was successful in that. And and this is called the phone gate. He wrote a book about it. I bought it. I haven't read it because it came in like last week, but, and it just got translated to English from French. But if you want to read about this it's called phone gate, it's really cool because this guy, you know, it's, it's cool when you have physicians or anybody who's standing up against this nonsense that's going on. And as a result of his lawsuit, they did change the distance that they measure the SAR at. So in EU or in France now, instead of being at 15 to 25 millimeters away, they're now measuring at, at five. So that's that's a pretty substantial difference. The U.S. were still at like 20 millimeters. Yeah. But wild, man. 89% of the phones exceeded the threshold. It was insane. Yeah, it was like you said. There was I can't remember what one of the stats was. It was something like 64 out of. 75 phones or something like that you were just reading them but it was like something insane like i just can't well i can totally believe it but and it's like even the thing with me with the standards of like the the distance testing to me is i, I just find it hilarious because no one holds their phone really 20 like 20 millimeters away from their face or whatever they're it's like just smack dab on their face or if they're on their headphones or speaker like maybe then but 
it's just no one does that. Like, why would you even test it that way? I just don't know the reasoning behind that, other than the radiation well, is it's too high. A, a low, yeah, you get a yeah. you get a lower yeah. number. That's yeah, that's uh, yeah. But uh, man, it just drives me crazy that that's uh, it's so crazy that there's just that much. Yeah. So well, it's insane. cool that he uh, yeah he got some uh progress made in terms of the distance measured uh even though he was he was still said it was unacceptable um i mean the fact that that's, that's what you need 12 is is good yeah no i know and but but that's the thing the iphone 12 it's like a red herring right it's not yeah. really like when i first read the news article i was thinking oh yeah I bet you it was high for the whole time and this is just a bunch of nonsense and blah, blah, blah. But really it was a manufacturing error. Really it's a cat and mouse, you know, disguising the radiation game that manufacturers play. And then in general, the testing is, is completely flawed regardless because of stories like phone gate. And then you get into the bio dummy, the six two, 220 pound man, not indicative of the population not taking any account into child children's safety and it's just ridiculous and again, i mean this is just another example of like government agency i mean not doing what you think they're doing or like i mean i always think about the fda just because my dad works for them a lot but it's there there's a lot of fundamental flaws like within governmental like testing for all this stuff and and truth is like do they really have your best interest in heart? Like, probably not. I mean, they have their donors interest in heart and all that. Like once you get kind of out of the weeds, it makes sense. It's a little disheartening, but that's where it goes back to like, you really got to do your own due diligence. And not just, it really bugs me when people just dismiss a lot of this stuff without even looking into it slightly for themselves. Like they just have the opinion of whatever they saw on the news or is, or it sounds like way too outlandish. So it just can't be true. Or yeah, like, well, there's articles, and I've I've read articles that are literally like your TV emits more EMFs than your yeah. cell phone, and I was just like, "Are you serious?" Because that's not even the same. That's then they were just looking at you know the electric field, and it, it it's just a completely different thing, right? You're talking about like RF yeah. power density versus electric field at at 60 hertz from the power outlet. And, and they were comparing electric field readings. And yeah, it just shows you that people, you know, it's highly technical information, which is the problem because people can be easily misled and they can go to the experts uh, who are all paid off by industry to say that all these things are, are perfectly safe, yeah. um, even though there's plenty of research saying they're not um, at the distances and the intensities and the frequencies that we're using them at. But then there's also no agreement. So the one thing I wanted to show, and maybe I could share it, share this. Yeah, share is, the screen. I'll share the screen um, right here. The RF power guidelines are all oh, over yeah, the place. Crazy. And yeah, it's wild. Yeah, this is a cool website called Physicians for Safe Technology. And so now we're we're measuring RF power density, right? And this is what you typically get. Um, when you measure RF with an EMF meter, like I have here, this, this tri-field. Um, so power density, just a brief explanation, is completely different from specific absorption rate, SAR. So the SAR limits that we were just talking about for the first half hour, that's all about power absorbed by tissues. Mm -hmm. This is the actual power 
over emitted. a square area that's emitted. Yes. Yeah. And it's not taking any biological account into effect. But what's important to know is that an electromagnetic field is part electric and part magnetic. So when you're going with lower frequencies, typically you measure just the magnetic portion of it or just the electric portion of it. Um, but for RF, what the standard is, is to measure the power density, which is basically taking, you're, you're multiplying two vectors together via cross product and getting a power density. Um, if you care about physics and stuff, you can look into that. But here, look at this. Japan, US, Canada, all, all the kind of modern countries are, are really um, high. And then all these, oh, I got a, a signal here. All the uh, other countries, especially Eastern Europe, is like really, really, really low. So it's quite fascinating. And like I said, uh, Russia was, was not a fan of what the U.S. was doing in, in terms of, of EMFs. And I think China actually had better standards than us. Is that right? Or am I, was, was I reading that wrong? I don't think. I don't know if China was on. Oh yeah, China's down here. So yeah, they are are lower. It's wild. Yeah, it's just for me, it's just crazy to see how all over the map, like there's actually no like direct stand. I mean, obviously, it's like lower is better, um, but there's no like uniform standard, which makes you wonder about how they set it up in the first place. Which probably isn't too much of a mystery. I mean, industry. Yeah, so to me, it's just there's no agreement, there's no consensus because it's really not agreed upon. And if you go to these other countries that are more stringent, they actually have varying levels, varying limits for things like hospitals, mm -hmm. for things like schools, for things like residential areas. They have different limits, mostly in Eastern Europe. And why is that? Because they understand that in residential areas where people are often in, in you know, inside, um, especially children, that they're going to be more susceptible to chronic exposure. So they have more stringent limits. And then, you know, out into the open or if it's a very, you know, there's not a lot of people around, there's no kids, then it's allowed to be a little a bit higher. And does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Of course, it makes sense, but it's too complex and it would just go blow in the face of, of too many big companies to enforce that here in the West, I guess. But it, it, to me, it's just ridiculous because you can see here the magnitude, like the U.S. and all these modern countries are at 450 microwatts per centimeter squared. We're not talking like a little bit of a drop off. When you get to Russia, it's 10, 10. That's yeah, that's, that's insane. 40x difference. 40x. You know? So what's the threshold? What's the real threshold for biological effects? Mm -hmm. Again, it depends on duration, depends on just how often you're exposed to this stuff. But if if the difference of guidelines is 40x, <laughs> then you got to be thinking that really the US and the West countries that you see at the top of the list here they just they just don't care they don't have any second thought for the members of their society and hopefully we can change that yeah. but um 
I'm not very hopeful. So that's why you need to take this into your own hands, really. Totally. And and um, take precaution, right? You don't have to stop using technology completely, but just be smarter about it. Yeah, I mean, it's just all, it's all about, I mean, knowledge is power. So it's just about being mindful of tech usage. Like even, even irregardless of like all the stuff we're talking about today, most people probably use tech more than they need to use tech. Um, just like mindlessly scrolling. I know I've done it, probably did it today. Um, but it's, it's just one of those things where it's like, the more, you know, the better you can be, or at least, you know, at least, you know, you're frying your brain out, you know, I'd rather know than not know. Yeah. Someone asked or commented, said, why does it take a bunch of manly guys on Twitter or X to talk about this and, and not the expert? Well, it's, it's really, you know, it's true and not true. Because this has been a hotly debated topic since the 70s. Like this was it's, a yeah, big deal around. in this in the 70s when we we're talking about like Robert O. Becker and Andrew Marina. They were testifying uh, against industry, and they were on 60 Minutes. You can go yep. look up Robert O. Becker on 60 Minutes, and and then that was a whole electro pollution was a big deal back then, and it was mostly from the power grid or the low frequencies because. That was before, you know, anyone even had cell phones or, or Wi-Fi routers way before. Um, and then it got swept under the rug for, for a long, long time. And then now we're, we're starting to get some momentum again where people are talking about this. Why? Because just think about how much more technology we use now. Ten years, exponential rise. And guess what we've seen also? An exponential rise in health issues. Yep. So, again, I'm not saying everything is because of EMFs. But look at the toxic soup environment that we live in today. The food is garbage. Yep. Toxins are everywhere. Glyphosate, plastics, PFAs, polyester. Add EMFs to that list and add it alongside blue light as the most pervasive environmental toxins because it's everywhere. You can't avoid it, but you can mitigate it and you can be smart about it. Yep. And to me... These things are really taking our health down as a society a notch because they're only been cranked up in intensity and frequency of exposure for the average person. And there's just not a lot that people are doing about doing about it. And, and it's not really being discussed. So it's refreshing when you see someone like Robert F. Kennedy Jr. go oh, to yeah. Rogan and point it out. And even Joe Rogan's like, oh, yeah, the Wi-Fi in this room. And RFK's like, yeah, <laughs> about like that, this yeah. fucking room, Joe. That's so great. Oh, <laughs> I don't man. know why he still wears AirPods though. RFK, what are you doing, man? Dude, yeah, uh, it's it's one of those things. It's one of those things where it's like, actually, every time I see a video with someone wearing AirPods, I, I don't, I try not to just dismiss people based on that alone, but but it's hard. Like I, I catch myself like I'm scrolling away, immediate health related space. I'm like, you don't know anything. You're scrolling. Yeah, and and you could argue the AirPods are probably not like the worst thing, they're not like the worst, but because still. it is low power and it just again you're just adding on another thing, right? If your phone's on, your Wi-Fi's on, you're just getting blasted in all directions yeah. all the time. You're just mm -hmm. adding another layer, and to me, that's an easy one to just not use or and, use speaker. Or and use I look about it this way, right? Because we were talking about duration earlier. Uh, how many of you have seen like a service worker, whether at a restaurant? or a grocery store, always with like one AirPod in one ear, like 24 seven. If you're doing that every day for like your work life, 
Um, or you're on your, I see people like driving home with them in. Um, it's, it's like constant. So it's, it's just like this thing where it's like, it's dose makes the poison, I guess, for some things. Um, but you're just being bathed in it probably more than anything else. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean that frequency 2.4 gigahertz is it's your Wi-Fi, it's the Bluetooth. And now it's around that 5g frequency. So yeah. This is the topic that everybody gets fired up about because 5G turned on COVID and that really led the world to a dandy place. But to be honest, we haven't even seen the full brunt of 5G rollout because it's still rolling out. And 5G is actually quite complex. It has like different bands. Um, Let me see if I can find an image of the, the different... 5g bands while i'm talking here but there's a, a low band a mid band and and then a high band and the low bands is similar to what was already being used by 4g lte right. um 3g and, and, and we and, and we talked about this a little bit with anthony smith from emf safe about why there are so many 5g towers and it's like the proximity they need to be closer yeah, so the thing with higher fr- and this is where it gets really nuanced and interesting from like a health effect perspective. But here, can you see this? Yep. So here, here's an overview of the bands, right? So this low band is, is kind of like similar to you know 3G and 4G. It's less than a gigahertz, hertz, um, or a couple. Mid bands getting higher into like the two to four gigahertz range. That's kind of where Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, and thing operates. But really what's pushing this to be totally different is, is the high band and pretty sure it's rolled out in a lot of, a lot of major cities already, if not most places, but it's kind of still getting turned on and you're talking 20, 30, 40, 50 gigahertz of frequency, which is you know quite a deal higher than anything we've seen before. And yeah, that's, that's a very high frequency uh, for, for communication. The problem with that, like you're saying, is at higher frequencies, the amount of distance being able to carry the interruptions, it's it's easy to get blocked. So, you know, things like houses, things like trees can get in the way of a 5G. The signal drops out faster. That's why there's so many of these repeater towers. Yeah. Um, but the real big problem with, with 5G that, that a lot of people think is the, you know, that I think personally it's just adding on another layer that's way more power intensity, way more exposure that, that we're facing on a daily basis. And I was reading this white paper from Huawei, which I had to find on oh, uh, yeah. on DuckDuckGo. So, oh shit, where we go? Let me share this again. Uh, we got too many tabs open. <laughs> But it's basically saying that, um, you know, the power intensity is, is just way higher on. Uh, oh, it's crazy. On on 5G than well, it's, it's somebody, just adding another layer on top. So there we go. And somebody um, was asking uh, in the in the comments about is it is it only the iPhone that's the problem or is it all 5G cell phones? And it's basically like any cell phone that's using these things. Well, any cell phone is emitting significant amounts of radio frequency radiation yeah. 5g is another thing that that's what we're talking about now so it's taking that frequency much higher and again the power consumption is 
greatly increased. And as you can see here, it's just, it's an additive effect, but yeah. you know, different sites, different towers are, are going to have a big, um, span on, on the amount of power that they're emitting. So you can see here, you know, a typical site would be higher than 10 kilowatts, but if there's more than 10 fans, it could be 20 kilowatts. Yeah. And even in multi-carrier sharing situations, so you, you know how now carriers are kind of sharing cell phone towers yeah. as to where you can sign up for like, well, like Spectrum or, or Comcast, yeah. and they're just using Verizon towers, for example. Yeah. Um, they could be even higher, so like 30 kilowatts. So it's just pushing it further, higher power <clears throat> consumption from the towers, and, and it's being emitted um, to us, right? It's just adding another layer of exposure um and and that to me is again you're just getting blasted more often the 5g itself is a big debate because it does have a higher frequency people say it penetrates our body less which right, is yeah. true but then there's also some debatable controversial research that says it gets absorbed more so interesting yeah, I want to I want to dive into this more with with some experts, but it's very highly debated. Again, I would say that if you don't need it, turn it off. I mean, I I yeah. literally just use Wi-Fi. I'm at home, yeah. I have airplane mode on, I have Wi-Fi on if yeah. I need it, and then I turn it off. Um, I I actually don't have 5G on pretty much ever. I don't even know how much 5G they have in Wyoming. Probably it's probably than, LTE or something. No, nah, like I think it's actually 5G now too. Unfortunately. But maybe depending on the carrier, you have T-Mobile is actually like the leader in the space, sadly enough. And um, yeah, again, do you need to use it all the time? Well, and I'm, I mean, most people have like freaking all three things on at once. So they got like 5G, Wi-Fi and Bluetooth all in one time. Even if they're not using it, they just leave it on constantly. Um, so it's like, yeah, super, super easy to like at least do the small things and mitigate. It's like not that disruptive to your life like you will get through it i know a lot of people have a hard time for some reason with the idea of turning wi-fi off at the night times for some reason i've gotten lots of fights about this with family members uh brothers close friends but you will survive one night and the next night you know <laughs> it's not crazy yeah and what's interesting you know people probably ask you know well, what are the specific, you know, health effects of 5G and why is it so bad for us? And again, I mean, they're releasing this stuff with, with zero research pretty much. It's well, like, and the thing too, it's, it's like the, the vaccine. Is, it's, it's the same yeah. thing, right? It's like, okay, we're going to do the research after it's already been released and everyone's using it. And the truth of the matter is too, it's like there, I mean, there are specific things you could probably point out, but everyone's reaction to it may be different. It's just like how you can have two of the same negative stimuluses and get two different diseases for two different people. So it's not like a, yeah. everyone wants it black and white, but it's just not how health works. It's just a toxic threshold, right? Like if you yeah. think about it as a toxic threshold, then you'll understand mm -hmm. that the more you mitigate anything from EMFs to plastics to glyphosate yep. is going to help you out but you're not going to be zero. You know, no one's going to be ever at zero. Exactly. But the more that you add on, the higher your chances that you're really going to pass that threshold and have a serious health event. And I think that's the same reason 
you know, the jabs have, have finally have started to affect people. Do I think it's just that? No, it's not. It's everything. It's yep. everything in your environment. Oh, perfectly healthy 30 year old dies of a heart attack. Turns out he was vaccinated. Perfectly healthy, my ass. No yeah. one's perfectly healthy. And let me see where he was living, what he was exposed to, what his lifestyle was like. That matters. It all matters. And that's why we talk about what we do because nobody else really is emphasizing this enough. And if you want to be resilient, you need to start looking at all the toxins and the exposures in your day-to-day -day life, what you can do about them. Some things, you know, you just can't tackle but some things you can and choose what's reasonable to mitigate and then go from there. It's about progress. It's about consistency of getting better. It's not perfection. We're, yep. We can't avoid it, you know, and it's, you know, we're doing this podcast and telling you about it on this technology. Guess what I'm going to do right after I'm done this podcast. I'm going to unplug a lot of my stuff. I'm going to turn my phone in airplane mode, get off Wi-Fi, and go yep. eat dinner and have a little bit of a break. And at nighttime, yep. I have my Wi-Fi off. I have the circuit breaker to my bedroom off now. Nice. Um, yeah, and I've measured these things, and it, it, it makes a difference. Yeah, and uh, it, it's I've always been one of those people where as hard as it is to unplug, once you're unplugged, it's pretty easy to stay off. And then for me, it's actually harder to get back in. So like after a week vacation or like a week camping, doing nothing, not being on anything, it's actually hard to get back in it for me. For work or anything like that well i've noticed for sure that since i've been very cognizant about mitigating emfs mitigating blue light that when i go back into like a very high emf high blue lit area like a city you're more sensitive. airport i'm so sensitive now and i think that's a good sign it's showing that you're doing a good job mitigating this and that average toxic load is really really high for you know the average modern urban environment and yeah yeah it sucks but we're electromagnetic beings and when we're on that fine-tuned frequency of life it's going to be easier to be disrupted unfortunately um, but you'll be more resilient overall i'll tell you what nothing pisses me off more than when i go hang out with my folks and then it's like after dark they're watching like a movie or something in their living room and they just have all the fucking lights on just like all <laughs> these it's so fucking bright and it's like yeah, you do, you do literally become like extra sensitive. So I'm like, got these, got them like salt lamps. And like, I got in my room there, I have like, just like a red light bulb for That's the only light that I use ever. But yeah, it's like, it's crazy. Like I'm, I'm super sensitive at night now. If you turn on a light or I go yeah. open the fridge, that's why I, I commented, uh, uh, Tristan showed a photo of his fridge the other day and he replaced the bulb with like a red light bulb in his fridge. And I was like, that's literally genius. It's like the smartest I've thing I've been wanting do. to do that for so long because you know how many times I've opened the fridge at like oh, yeah. 8 o'clock and I'm just like, yeah. Now's the time but, to do it. Lights are getting darker. Yeah, I, I sent a lot of stuff to my mom. But going back to the cell phones, there are things you can do. There are actually Defender Shield. We mentioned Dan DeBon has um, given an expert opinion on this that we were discussing earlier. They sell iPhone cases. They sell like laptop pads. Uh, they sell other shielding equipment. But this, this could be a good option um, as another way to mitigate um, RF exposure. So we'll have to link that down below. Definitely. Um, Defender Shield. Uh, but overall, it's, you know, put it on airplane mode. Keep it away from your body. Turn your Wi-Fi and your phone off at night. Distance is your friend. 
and be cognizant of going into really, really high EMF areas frequently and understand that health, focusing on that in other aspects will give you more resilience and prevent you from having dysfunctional mitochondria and dysfunctional health across the board, I would say. But I don't know if you have anything to add there. No, I, I would just say every day I'm more thankful that I never moved into a downtown high rise apartment. Um, every day I'm so th- I'll drive by downtown. I'm like, thank God I don't live there. That'd be the worst. Yeah, I'm thankful I left. To be honest. Yeah, I know <laughs> you are. Thankful. I'm thankful I'm out here. Um, low EMFs, high vibes. But yeah, got a few minutes left. Uh, if everyone has any questions, we can open it up to the audience if there's any more it's cool to get a couple in there but yeah yeah, anything on radio frequency cell phone radiation emfs in general other recommendations happy to answer had a good one earlier on health effects and dr henry lai lai from university of washington is a good resource for that all right we got one request here sweet Tommy, how's it going? Yep. (laughs) Okay. So the question was, uh, Tommy listens to a lot of Jack Cruz, which is great. He talks a lot about um, EMFs as well as quantum circadian biology and he asked if you could explain it emfs to someone uh like their little kid and this is a challenging thing to do i would say but in in general the electromagnetic spectrum is vast and it spans from it includes the visible light spectrum it includes uv it includes radio frequency it includes our power grid Uh, and anything in between and then also ionizing radiation x-rays on top of that so that's the electromagnetic spectrum why is it called that because it's anything that is made of or a part of it is electromagnetic waves and Mm -hmm. electromagnetic waves are photons they're made of photons and also known as you know particles of light so this is all light visible light and then non-visible light so you can think of all electromagnetic radiation as, as light and being made of photons photons can act as particles and also as waves this is the wave duality um, principle so these waves have an electric field component and they have a magnetic field component these components are 90 degrees apart from each other but in phase. Uh, So that's important because that's what's making up an electromagnetic field, the electric portion, and then the magnetic portion. And the electric portion uh, can be measured or is measured um, using volts per meter. And then the magnetic field is is often, technically it's, it's measured in terms of magnetic flux density, but can be thought of as amperage per meter as well. So when you think of electric field, you want to think of like voltage, then magnetic field, you want to think of current. So example, the electricity running through your house, if you have something just plugged into the wall and it's not turned on, you're going to be generating an electric field. 
But the moment you turn that on, you're going to be generating both an electric field and a magnetic field because current running through a wire is generating a magnetic field as well. And both of these components, and then what we talked about on this podcast is radio frequency. So radio frequency is just a higher frequency. Um, you know, we're talking hundreds of megahertz mm. to 60 hertz. And what's a hertz? That frequency is just the the amount of cycles per seconds of the wavelength. So um, higher frequency um, is meaning higher energy and shorter wavelengths. And that's kind of the basic fundamental principles of, of electromagnetic waves. And they're all traveling at the speed of light. But what was I saying? RF is higher frequency. And what's used to measure that is by taking a cross product of both the electric and magnetic field component, measuring the power density of that. So why are these things bad for our health? Tommy has a follow-up question, but let me get to this real quick. We are electromagnetic beings. We have natural frequencies that our body is using to communicate. Our brain waves are at, you know, eight to 10 Hertz alpha mm. brain waves. The Schumann's resonance, which is the natural frequency of the earth, the harmonic resonance of the earth is around that same frequency. Um, there's a natural magnetic field of the earth from the molten iron core. So we're tuned to specific native frequencies and now we're disrupting this entire communication network with so many external EMFs and it's a giant uh, experiment, right? And radio frequencies, for example, we have the faintest exposure to radio frequencies from like distant galaxies um, that come through our, our atmosphere. Now we're experiencing levels that are so high that would not be indicative that could only exist in the past 50 to 100 years. Yeah. So we're just completely changing um, everything in our environment. And yeah, studies have shown it. Dr. Henry Lai. 2,500 studies showing like 70 to 90% of research on EMFs showing biological effects, everything from reproductive issues, neurodegeneration, uh, sleep deprivation or sleep disruption. And, and that's leading into things like potentially higher risk for cancer, magnetic yep. fields, especially from high voltage transmission lines have been linked with childhood leukemia. If you live like right next to a transmission line because of the high amount of magnetic fields that's why the IARC categorized um, them as possibly carcinogenic as well as radio frequencies. So there's a whole slew of research out there. There's also a decent slew of industry-funded research that's kind of oh, a lot. counteracting that. But I'll let you chime back in and tell me and see if you have a follow-up question there. Yeah, so Tommy, again, for those on YouTube, asked, um, well, he says, good explanation. And then he asked, uh, what are some resources that, that people can go to to learn more? Um, the Environmental Health Trust is a great website. That's actually what I was reading off a lot of their articles on specific absorption rate. So SAR, uh, they have all like the warning labels on, on phones. They have 
just a whole great amount of information. So that's the environmentalhealthtrust.com. But um, like I said, Dr. Henry LAI has a great collection of research. And then it depends. Um, you could just start Googling EMF studies and you will find a whole bunch of stuff. But books we love to recommend are what? The Body Electric yep. by Robert O'Becker. Yeah, that's going so, going somewhere by Dr. Andrew Marino is will change your whole realm of thought about trusting our government and, and understanding <laughs> how detrimental EMFs are and how controversial this space is and was uh, 30 plus years ago. Um, there, there's some more. There's, um, you know, other smaller ones like. Oh, well, The Invisible Rainbow. Yeah, that's the one I was trying to think of, The Invisible Rainbow. It is a great one. That's just talking about the history of electricity and health issues in society. So those are my three go-tos that that I would say. But I know there's like The Zapping of America is another one. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's some specific niche ones like Dirty Electricity, uh, EMF by Dr. Mercola. I I would say those are lesser in terms of uh, importance for, for books. Yeah. And I think the more you understand the history too, of how like we got to where we are now, it all sort of makes sense. And you can see these ties within, you know, pharma history. Um, it's just, it's really fascinating. And even like, even the financial system. Yeah. I mean, just, yeah, it's, if you're a Bitcoiner, if you're just into health um, and you're skeptical or you're just say you're just anti COVID or anti-vax, which a lot of people are nowadays. I would add this to the list of things that you should be highly skeptical about and understand what you can do. That's kind of like your easy fixes to just be protected and and knowledge is power this day and age. Unfortunately, you have to take that personal responsibility to learn. And that's why we do what we do here at decentralized radio, because we're trying to talk about all these topics. And um, yeah, I mean, today I interviewed a guy on scalar waves, which was even more esoteric than I ever thought we would get. But here we are. Um, So we want to talk about that. But I would say those are some great resources. And we're happy to do more chats about EMFs. I'm an electrical engineer, and I've pretty much gone full time into health consulting and EMF consulting. So if anybody has, you know, a specific situation and, and you want to chat with me, I'm offering consultations now virtual um, and in person if you're in region and I'm happy to come. I'm happy to talk with you and kind of help you understand what are the easy solutions to mitigate EMFs for you and your family in your house. So check out my website. We'll drop that below. I do take yep. Bitcoin. Uh, for a discount, of course. And yeah, just keep spreading the knowledge. We're going to have a ton more EMF guests on in the future. That's for sure. Heck yes. Body Electric, um, Going Somewhere by Andrew Marino. And then The Invisible Rainbow by Arthur Furstenberg are, I would say, my top three. Body Electric is pretty pretty technical so maybe yeah, I, would, I would start with the invisible rainbow maybe then go going somewhere and then body electric so the reverse order of of what i said <laughs> a bitcoin price prediction here when is bitcoin going to hit one hundred thousand dollars <laughs> us dollars 
Uh, I would say 2025 um, is, is my prediction. Maybe first half, midway through 2025. Midway through 2025, I'll, I'll, I'll give that as my prediction. Wow, that's soon. That's in 12 months. October 2024. We got, we got BlackRock. We got also a macroeconomic uh, depression, a recession in our forecast, but then we also got the money printer always in the oh, batting yeah. circle warming oh, yeah. up. So it's going to be a fun ride, folks. That's why we're talking about this. We're going to get some more Bitcoin guests on as well in the coming weeks. And yeah, always let us know. Shoot us an email about who you want on the podcast. That helps us kind of do some of the work in terms of guessing or finding guests sure. because there's so many. I've talked with Robert. I would say we're cool. He follows me. I actually invited him kind of informally the other day. So I'll, I'll definitely have to get him on. I will reach out. So there we go. That's there a good go. request. All righty. There's no more, any more questions, anything on YouTube, Ryan? Nothing. We're good. All righty. Well, we appreciate you guys. We will drop some links below for more EMF education. We will put that in the show notes um, for everyone on Twitter. Where This will be over at YouTube um, and then on all major podcasting apps. So Decentralized Radio on YouTube, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts. We're on Fountain. Yep. And we are going to be working to get on Nuster as well. <laughs> so this is a forecast to come. So. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time.